Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Today, I want to talk to you about your part in history, H-I-S-S-T-O-R-Y, his story. The place we're at in history, as I'm recording this in June of 2020, especially in the United States, is a place like we've never really known in history, none of us in our lifetime anyway. So let me ask you a question, hypothetically. Let's say one of your friends who, like the rest of us, is just coming out of three months of the COVID-19 lockdown, and they're now trying to process the protest, which generally are valid, and the riots and unrest in our country, which are not valid. Let's say that friend came to you and said, I need something. I'm really struggling with all this. It seems like an impossible situation, but you seem to be okay. I want what you have. Tell me what to do. What would you tell him? Well, many of you, I know, would tell them the really good news. You would tell them that you have an intimate, personal relationship with God. You'd tell them how good God is and how he loves them and is for them and has taken care of everything in their relationship with him. And that's wonderful. And what if then they ask you, all right, well, what should I do next? What would you tell them? What if they ask you how to hear from God? And what to do to have the peace and joy and confidence that you have? What if they ask you, should I get a Bible and how do I read it? What if they ask you about going to church? Well, let's look at Jesus and see what he did, because he came in a very similar situation, only much, much, much worse. What did Jesus do when people came to him? He gave them a gift And we're going to see what that gift is. Now, of course, Jesus modeled perfect, unconditional, never-ending love. That's the most important thing. And he taught people about his Father, the only true God. That's obviously most important. And he shared the way he lived. He shared generous love. This is a phrase we're going to come back to several times, and you'll see it at the end. He shared generous love, compassion, patience, and grace and helped people get along with all people, even hard-to-get-along-with people. Did you know that we all have at least one hard-to-get-along-with person in our life? And do you know where you see them? In the mirror. At least I do. And we all have more than one. All right. Jesus did not teach people Scripture. He didn't teach them the Hebrew Scripture, what we call the Old Testament. He actually showed people that God is not like they were taught, and he refuted some of that scripture as he taught. What he did was he told stories. He used stories to illustrate what God is like and who people really are. And 
we can do the same thing. I'm starting a series now that I think will go for a few months. And to start it, I'm going to first briefly summarize what Jesus personally taught the Apostle Paul, the person that he handpicked, he chose in advance, to reveal the mysteries of God and ourselves to us. And then I'm going to tell you a story, a parable that's all about the gift. My goal is to inspire you to see and to tell stories to help your friends. You can use the story that I tell, or better yet, you can use your own story. All right. We're going to learn from each other as we do this. I hope that you'll uh, contact me and send me messages and tell me, you know, what you're getting out of this. If, uh, challenge me if you don't think things are right. No, whatever. All right. And we're going to experience some things that will help us in our daily lives and help us partner with God in helping other people by sharing generous love and compassion and patience and gentleness and grace, especially to hard to get along with people. Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 6.1. He said, as God's partners, we beg you not to take God's marvelous grace for granted, allowing it to have no effect on your lives. See, everybody has God's grace, but most people don't know it, so it's not having an effect on their life. He says, as God's partners. Other translations say co-workers, workers together with fellow workers, fellow laborers, co-operators, God's helpers. Now, we are partners with God, but even better than that, the message translation says it this way, as companions of God. I think that best conveys the concept. We're way more than co-workers or laborers or helpers. I mean, God doesn't need our help with anything, but he chooses to be our companion and we partner with him and what he's doing. We are intimate companions with God. Now, it's all important for us and for everybody else to know that God is love and God is all good. As David wrote in Psalm 46, 1, he said, God is an ever-present companion who helps us in time of trouble, who strengthens us and is our refuge. That's so important because many people, unfortunately, today think that God is somewhere far distant, separate from us, and rather than helping us, he's watching us critically. But see, we get to, as God's companions who know him intimately, we get to tell people the truth. That, no, God's not far and distant. God is in us, and he helps us, and he's all good, and he is love. Now, that deep love, that perfect, unconditional, never-ending love starts out one way from God to us, and it never fails because God first loved us as recipients and in intimate, intimate companions. We grow more and more in love with him every day and then with all of his kids, which includes everyone. Now, knowing what I know now, I do not start out telling somebody they need to get a Bible and read it. I don't start out telling people they need to get right with God. They're already right with God. I don't start out by inviting them to church. I start by introducing them to God and telling them about the gift of Christ and helping them hear from God themselves. I start about telling them I start by telling them about the only true God and eventually that transitions into God revealing himself to them and revealing to them who they have always been, and then Christ actually living his life as them. So we're going to focus in the next several weeks what that actually looks like, practical 
application when Jesus lives his life as us. But the starting place has to first be with who God and who we are. Now, I know most of you are already very solid on this. Some of you, this may be the first time you're hearing this. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on talking about who God is and who we are, but I am going to do just a brief summary of the first three chapters of Ephesians 1 to 3. It'll just be about a 70 or 80 minute summary. And uh, I'm going to then use a parable that Jesus gave me. And each week, we're going to use that as the lens to see what it looks like when Jesus lives as us. Practical application, oneness in action. Here's the summary, and this summary is just absolutely foundational to introduce someone to God personally. Ephesians 1 to 3, summary. God is love. These these are all from direct verses in the first three chapters. God is love, and his love is higher, wider, deeper, and longer than we can ever comprehend. Everything God says and does comes from perfect love that never fails and has no conditions. God is totally good, superabundant grace in action, rich in compassion and mercy, and totally for everyone. And it gives God great pleasure to do all this. God's plan from the beginning was the inclusion of all people. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. Everyone was chosen, created, and included in Christ before the foundation of the world. Everyone has already been lavished with all the heavenly gifts there are. We all have grace from eternity, past, present, and future. We are all forgiven everything. We are all holy with an unstained innocence. We are all adopted into God's family. We're in God's family. We always have been. God's fullness fills everyone. We are all saved, made whole and complete in every way. We have all been united to Christ. Christ is our peace. We are all heirs of God and have the unlimited riches of God's glory and favor. And the Holy Spirit's supernatural strength floods everyone's innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Everyone is energized with his explosive power. Everybody has the gift of Christ. That's the starting point for us and for all people. And this is absolutely key to remember. Anything else that we learn about God, that's all this is foundational. Anything else that we learn about God is always revealing how he's even better than that. Never worse. There's never any fear, condemnation, any punishment, anything like that. Now, I know most of you have a pretty good handle on that because we've been learning it together for about 10 years. But for some of you, This may be the very first time you've heard it. All right. Now we know God's core attributes, which are also ours and everyone else's. The problem is they just don't know it yet. Now, I want you to really hone in on this. Everyone, this is what I've just said, is true for everyone. Those who are rioting, the police who are trying, hopefully trying to stop the rioting, for us innocent bystanders, for everyone, race, creed, color, ethnicity, age, socioeconomic, everyone. All of these things I've just said about God and us are true for everyone. The problem so far is that most people just don't know it yet. All right. A parable is a story, a story that reveals truth. It's not necessarily an actual story that happened, like the parable of the prodigal son. That was a story. But the storyteller, Jesus, uses it to teach truth, true reality. It is true, but it didn't necessarily happen. 
Here's my parable, my story for you. Once upon a time, I mean, actually, once before time, there was a mystical kingdom, the kingdom of love. The kingdom was led by a family who had a family business, and their business card said P period C period S period love and family. It would be like John Smith and family or J.S. Smith and family, something like that. PCS Love and Family, improvisational theater producers, directors, and casting, from concept to finished work, creators of the historic play of the ages, oneness in action. Now, in this parable, the PCS Love Family are the benevolent rulers of their family kingdom of love. They are all-powerful, and their power is Perfect love that never fails. They are all good. Everyone in the kingdom is permeated, immersed in the all-powerful, perfect love of the love family. It's in them and around them, and it connects everyone. It's omnipresent. It's everywhere present, and it's all-powerful. Now, everyone in the kingdom has always existed. And will always exist as mystical spirit beings that vibrate at a very high level. Love permeates everything and everyone and connects everything and everyone. Everyone and everything exists in community and in harmony. At a time appointed by the PCS love family, each spiritual being in the kingdom of love is transported to another dimension of the kingdom called the world. And their vibration is slowed down to human visibility. Love is still in them and around them and connecting them, but they can't see it. They all have the gift of Christ. They are still spirit and connected with all spirit, everyone in the kingdom. But when they come to the world or when they come on stage in the play, they're actually spirit beings now having a human experience and they get to play their human role. They start their human life as a baby, and they soon forget what the spiritual kingdom of love is like. It's all around them. They're still in it as spirit beings, but they're in a different dimension now, and they can't see it. Instead, they only see what's happening in the world, in the play they're in, in the story that they're in, and they tend to focus on that. They're not bad people. They just don't yet remember who they are, and what's always been true. A little aside from the parable here. Mother Teresa diagnosed the world's ills by saying this, we've just forgotten that we belong to each other. And folks, that's so true in the world today, especially in the United States. People have forgotten that we're all one, that we're all love, that we're all part of love. All right, back to the story. The spirit beings who are now having a human experience stay in this world dimension and participate in a play, the historic play of the ages, oneness in action, until the appointed time, and then their human bodies die, and they leave that worldly realm and return to the mystical spirit realm in the kingdom of love. When they return, they see and remember and experience what has always been true. In the kingdom of love. Now, if by chance 
I don't know if this is possible, but I suppose it could be. If by chance a person should want to cling to their human character's identity, the PCS love family will gently and lovingly shine a relentless light of truth on their false beliefs and cast away or purge or symbolically burn away with no no physical torture, those false identity human thoughts, imaginations, and perceptions, and cast them far away forever in a mythical place called the Lake of Fire. And then eventually all spirit beings, every spirit being, will know and experience is love. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. None of the other false beliefs or anything like that remain. Only faith, hope, and love. Now, the Love Family website and Facebook page describe the historic play and the Love Family's involvement and the gift of Christ. Here's how it reads on their Facebook page. Once upon a time, I'm I'm sorry, once before time, beginning in an invisible place, a cast of billions participate in an ongoing mystical play that never ends, yet has a perfect ending and is finished before it starts. It is set everywhere all at the same time. (laughs) The PCS Love Family maintains a continuous school in the world, a school of improvisational theater, where participants begin to remember what they've forgotten, the core truth of the real good news. They begin to remember that God is totally good, that there's nothing bad, dark, or evil at all about God ever. They begin to remember that God is love, and God loves everyone unconditionally, and they are loved unconditionally and are loved. They begin to remember there are no conditions, limits, stipulations, or requirements to God's love. It's totally one way and unconditional. They begin to remember that God has already included them and all people in their family, in their divine triune circle dance of love and all its expressions, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, the faith of Christ, Holy Spirit, power, grace, compassion, and mercy. They begin to remember that they and all people are inseparably one with love, with God forever. They begin to remember that love, God, is continually working all things for the good for all people, and they can do all things through Christ who lives in them and as them. Then as they begin to remember, the participants start in the play, the story that they're in here in the world, they start sharing generous love, compassion, grace, and gentleness to all people, even to -to hard-to-get-along-with people. Now, The human head of the Grace Department of the School of Improvisational Theater, Paul, the apostle, says this, Colossians 1, 25 to 29. He says, this is the very reason I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant to his body, so that in his detailed plan, I would fully equip you with the word of Christ. See, in the PCS love family, Christ, the C in PCS, Christ continually speaks to each person, his words, the words of Christ, the words of Christ. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise, Paul says, that's been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed and unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. A believer is a human being who is starting to remember who love is and who they and everyone else is. 
Paul says, living within you, this is the mystery, living within you is Christ, the living word of God, who fled you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for all people. And Papa Love wants everybody to know it. Christ is the gift embedded within us, just like reporters are embedded with a military unit when they go to war. Christ is embedded with us when we come to earth manifest as human beings. He goes on to say, Christ is our message. We teach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. We teach to awaken hearts, help people remember, and bring every person into the full understanding of the truth. He said, it's become my inspiration and passion and ministry to labor with the tireless intensity, with God's power flowing through me, to present everyone the revelation, help everybody remember their perfection in Jesus Christ. He writes this, Titus 2.12, the day and age we live in, that's true today, summer of 2020, the day and age we live in sets the stage for displaying the attraction of an awe-inspired life. Our minds are rescued in the revelation of our righteousness, our right standing with God. We are in the school of grace, Paul's words, instructed how to thoroughly reverse the apathy and indifference that erupts in a wave of lust that would seek to dictate the day. He says, the revelation of righteousness shows how completely God redeemed all mankind in Christ and empowers us to cultivate an innocence consciousness instead of a sin consciousness, changing our mind. In the improvisational theater's school of grace, human participants experience real-time improvisational action, comedy, drama, tension, and a perfect ending. Their experience is called oneness in action. Right now, at this stage, of the drama. It is a drama full of tension. It's what we're seeing today. Now, in addition to actors and singers and dancers, the Improvisational Theater School of Grace teaches and coaches and mentors musicians and composers and artists and writers and set designers and builders and technicians and wardrobe designers and food service staff, medical staff, first responders, administrators, every conceivable type of participants. Let's take a look at the synopsis of his story. Everyone always has been. Each person comes to earth at appointed times with the gift of Christ, but each person forgets all of that. We play our part in the great story, his story, and as we play and live out our role and start to remember love, the kingdom of love and the gift of Christ, we start to be fulfilled and we experience the oneness and joy that we experienced before coming to earth. We have peace and no fear. And people see that and want that. However, when we or anybody try to play a part that's not the real us, it's hard and we're not fulfilled. We experience disease and disharmony and unrest and strife and tension and fear. Now, roles that people play that are not from the PCS love family are roles that are not consistent with who they and all people originally were and still are, not consistent with love. Now, like any good actor or actress, we want to identify with the character we're playing. We want to immerse ourselves into the character, literally be that person, literally be who we originally were and be love. All right. The PCS Love Family gives you your role and helps you see and experience and know and live out and actually be your role. 
Christ embedded in you. Christ is you. Christ in you is you. The gift of Christ is Christ. It's Christ living as you, playing the part, your part. You partner with him, your companion, and Papa love, and Holy Spirit love. And they continually work out all things for the good. Paul wrote in the last verse of 2 Corinthians 13, uh, it's verse 14 in that chapter. He said, the amazing grace gift of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of Father God and the intimate friendship and communion of the Holy Spirit is with and in all people. We're all actors, but we get to improvise the script. We're not just robots. Now, continuing with the parable of his story, let's see how the story plays out. I'm going to finish with this. This is practical application. And each week as we move on from here in the next few weeks, we're going to go on through the next three chapters of Ephesians, chapters four, five, and six, which are all about the practical application of how we live, how we live out Christ in us after we know and start to remember who we've already always been and who God is. Here's what Paul wrote, Ephesians four, verse one. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank or your part in the story given to you in your divine calling. Now, you want to look at a hard time in history? Paul was in jail. Paul was beaten and persecuted and prosecuted and denied. He was killed once and came back to life. Paul says the fact that he's in prison does not in the least diminish his awareness of his in Christness, his gift of Christ. He says, my complete existence is defined and confined in Christ. Let the detail of your day-to-day life flow from the consciousness of your true identity and worth as defined in him. With tender humility and quiet patience, here's what I said we'd come back to earlier. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. Bear with one another in love, especially with hard-to-get-along-with people. Boy, is that important today in, in the summer of 2020. Paul says, meekness and tenderness are the fabric of your makeup, your character, the part you play. This enables you to show compassion, even in seemingly impossible situations like today, eagerly bearing with one another, in an environment where love rules. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. Be vigilant to guard your oneness of spirit. We are prisoners of peace. Verse 4, he says, we confirm the fact that there is only one body. Also, there's only one spirit. Being one body and one spirit, you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we, for we share in the one faith, one baptism, and one Father. There is only one God. He remains the ultimate Father of the universe, all the billions of people in his story. He says, we are because he is. He is present in all. He is above all, through all, and in all. He is not far from each of us. In him we live and move and have our being. We are indeed his offspring. He goes on to say there is only one faith, not what we believe about God, but what God believes about us. He says, baptism declares 
Baptism is being immersed into the kingdom of love. Baptism declares that we are equally included in the death and resurrection of Christ. Our faith does not invent God. His faith defines us. And he is the one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Man, that's just amazing. Verse 7, he has generously given each of us supernatural grace according to the size or the measure of the gift of Christ. Christ himself is the gift. It's God's gift of Christ. You and I and everyone have the gift of Christ embedded in us. He goes on to say, the gift of Christ in us gives dimension to grace and defines our individual value. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of the gift of Christ. One measure, one worth. Our worth is defined by his gift, by Christ, not as a reward for our behavior. All right. What is the gift of Christ? It's Christ himself. How does the gift of Christ help us? Practical application? Well, we're going to learn that more and more as we continue in this series this summer. The gift of Christ is Christ himself in us, living as us, oneness in action. Hey, thanks so much, everybody. See you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.